0: Are you working?
1: What kind of Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. We'll be discussing uh, during this pandemic of COVID-19, we'll just be um, bringing up different topics, different things that we're thinking about, things that are on our mind. Of course, we'll have lots of stories still. Our workload is, is um, unchanged, and we're happy about it you can check it all out at the michiganinsider.com and michigan.247sports.com. And in this episode, I think it's time cuz they they would be starting football practice spring spring practices right around now. I think I think the way we should break this down is kind of looking at the key areas Michigan will eh, don't mean this in a you know bleak way, but the the areas where they miss spring practice the most, which maybe Touching on which players might miss it the most, but also kind of which which areas was Michigan really hoping to iron out heading into spring ball. So the first one that comes to mind obviously is quarterback. This was uh, you know, this was gonna be an open competition. They were really excited about it being an open competition. I know Josh Gaddis said that was a point of emphasis for him uh, heading into spring ball between Joe Milton and Dylan McCaffrey, because I think I think Dylan McCaffrey probably I think it's fair to say. He has more game experience. He has a little bit more college experience, a little bit more polished. I, for one, just seeing little glimpses of practice down in Orlando for the Citrus Bowl, I was very intrigued by what Joe Milton would bring this spring. And now, I mean, you know, they can still work on things, just not at the team facilities. Um, You know, and they'll still have the summer and the fall. But I don't know about you, Steve. I I think the the person who is probably – probably would be the most frustrated by this lack of spring practice, I feel like it has to be Joe Milton just because he had that opportunity or he was going to have that opportunity. Now, if he is going to have the opportunity, it's going to have to wait until the summer.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he's more frustrated than Jim Harbaugh. Well, sure, sure. (laughs) But I know, I know, I know, but all joking aside, but close, I mean – yeah, I mean with a, a you know again this is a whole new deal for everybody this whole situation but worst case scenario is to you know miss out on spring practice when you're trying to find out who your next quarterback is. So for both of these guys I think it's a it's a huge disappointment to not get out there and at least how do you say it kind of stake your claim I guess to begin this race see where things are at and go from there. Now the uncertain the level of uncertainty will push into you know who knows how long right now. And, and, yeah, I mean, it could be a situation where, hey, like you said, they can't use the team facilities right now, but you could bet there's still a battle going on probably at some random gym or not between the two of them in the same place. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're both no, working. No, they're still fighting. Right? Right? It's not, right. as if, not as if they're, yeah. So, you know, that's that's where it could be. And that doesn't just go for quarterback but a lot of other spots. Is That's where this gets really interesting is I think maybe more now more than ever we'll know. Who's put in? Who puts it? Who puts in the work? From here until whenever this is over, uh, you know that we'll we'll know who put in the work and who didn't. As, you know, in a in a, as much as maybe we've ever known. So, uh, but yeah, as far as you said, like you said, Milton. Uh, same thing. I know you guys saw him live uh, behind the scenes. Same deal. Told that you know he's made some huge strides. We know the staff has always been excited right, about right. him and his, the possibility, but. You know, possibility is just, is just that, a possibility. At some point, you know, in third year on campus, you want to see some of that come to fruition. I, I, I'm of the belief, I don't think the staff uh, cares who wins necessarily. i say Milton probably does have a higher ceiling, but I think there is a ton to like about what Dylan McCaffrey brings as well. I mean, I still think he has a legitimate ceiling mm-hmm. too. Just Milton's got some of those, like, real unteachable things physically that, you you know, that scouts and coaches and sub drool over so yeah I mean I'd, I'd, I'd agree I'd, I'd lean more towards both of them being disappointed you know McCaffrey has patiently waited you know his turn I think to to get a legitimate shot at this and uh you know I guess like I said it's just a lot of this is really just going to depend on when this ends because like you said if this stretches into June and July all of a sudden you're less than two months out from the beginning of the season and you you know haven't figured out who's gonna be your, or don't even have an idea you haven't even seen them take right, live right race. you know then it then i think for michigan it really gets into a. I don't want to say a danger zone but man i mean again one other area where i feel like michigan would be worse off than a lot of programs who maybe have a quarterback in yeah
1: i will say if if i could offer some my I, I slightly disagree because I think the worst case scenario is you have a new coach. I mean, you look at Michigan State; they make all these changes. They, they pretty much everything's open. They've got 14 new starters. Um, you know, you're trying to put this program in place, and you can't really do that. I mean, how much how much of that 2015 spring ball was Michigan kind of changing some things and and putting some things together? And and I will say Washington might be they might be the most. Um, well, maybe not because I I think there is some cultural co- continuity. I mean, it's not like they hired a complete newbie as head coach with with Lake, but they have a new. They're going to have a new starting quarterback, a new running back, a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach, and it, and you know, not to. I, it's obviously affecting everybody, but I would also say Seattle has probably been in the lockdown, stay in the house, quarantine mode longer than anybody else in the country. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I I, I got to think if this is going on into June and July, there's at least some discussion about tweaking the college football schedule. They're, they might tweak it anyways. I think Greg Sankey, every, every Michigan fan's favorite commissioner of the SEC, um, he actually had some some good quotes about how they they need to these 15 practices are are critical for development and for you know teaching proper fundamentals and. And putting a team in place, and so they might try to find some way to make make up these practices. Maybe it's a a longer training camp, or you can start your training camp sooner. Maybe it's maybe it's like a mini camp in June, kind of like what the NFL prospects have, or May, or whatever it is. Um, you know, there's lots of lots of little details there that you have to figure out and work through. But um, yeah, to me, I don't I, I don't know. I feel like my mind went straight to the quarterback battle, where um, probably doesn't. I, I gotta think it advantages McCaffrey at least a little, even if even if it's still an open competition, they aren't necessarily going to want to go into mid August completely unsure, and so it it just gives to me I think it slightly narrows the window of opportunity Milton has to where he's got to. I, I do think they're going to go in truly even, but I think he's going to have to play. Really well to convince them, because McCaffrey was someone they were comfortable putting in games for the past two years. I mean, they weren't they weren't shy about it. Whereas Milton hasn't necessarily had that that role just yet. So, yeah, to me, quarterbacks went were were right away. Um, second thing that, that stood out to me, and we've got four of them, but um, the early enrollees. I mean, you know. It, They'll still have an opportunity. Their their careers are still just getting started. But how much have we talked about you know Andre Seldon maybe uh, pushing for a two deep spot? You know Braden McGregor maybe pushing for a second string role? Uh, Blake Corum maybe working into that running backs rotation? Any any sense? Any um any thoughts on on the early enrollees? And I mean I don't think that they're again they're they're so early on in their careers they might not be a huge thing to them, but they they did put a sacrifice, they put something together to make sure they could get on campus early, and now uh, they're basically being sent home. So any thoughts on the early enrollees and the impact that this has?
0: I think you could argue this stinks for them more than any group of kids on the roster. This stinks more for them than any group of kids on the roster. Uh, part of the benefit of enrolling early is not, not just the ability to work out within the facilities and to practice with the team in the spring, but it's also to get acclimated to the student side of things as well. You know, because at Michigan, you know, they talk about the bridge program for the kids that come in in the summer, how that kind of stunts the, or at least lowers the potential for like those summer guys to come in and make a a day one impact. You kind of saw that with Daxon Hill. They kind of had to ease almost ease him in despite his immense talent, mostly because of this bridge program they run. Um, The kids that enroll early, yeah, like you said, they do get, what, about, I don't know, where what, about half a semester in? Is I mean, I guess it's getting semi-close to the end of the semester at Michigan. Yeah. Right? I mean, it used to be April when I was there. So, I mean, they get, what, 75% of a semester in? Something along those lines. So I guess they did get that. But, you know, so it, it stinks for them that they almost will kind of have to start over again when they come back to an extent. I mean, I guess they're learning the tenets of online only in <laughs> classes, I suppose. Um, but from an early impact type deal on the field, I mean, yeah, the three guys you mentioned especially were probably the ones, maybe throw Mohan okay. in there too, uh, guys that I suppose could make. You know, Quorum's a guy I've talked about a lot. Selden, more because his skill set, he has such a niche skill set that, that Michigan really could have used last year, um, you know, in the slot. But – Outside of that, I don't know if any of these guys were like day one, year one type mm-hmm. guys, at least as maybe special teams for some of them. So in that regard, I suppose, but uh, you know, on the field wise McGregor still trying to get back to hundred percent from his injury. But yeah, I, so I guess guys like Corum and Selden, you know, it may stunt or lessen the chances that those guys make a day one impact because they did not get to practice with the team at all. Uh, you know, which, yeah, I mean, that's, While I say that the academic side, the benefit of the academic side is big for them, I think obviously the bigger reason most of these guys try to get in early and enroll early is because they want to practice with the team in the spring, right? Mm -hmm. So to have that delayed or taken away almost, because, yeah, if this goes to June or July, then the guys who enroll in the summer will get, you know, everyone will be starting at square one at the same time, right? So, you know, there is that of it. But, again overall i mean still you know these kids that came in early like i said they've seen some benefit of it but yeah it just stroke a bad luck you know kind of stinks because yeah. you know practice would literally be going on right now right wouldn't practice yep. have just started. Yep. i think
1: they were going to start um what the day after they canceled all the <laughs> big 10 yes. ncaa michigan stuff yeah yes
0: so there you go i mean they'd be a week into practice right now just about so you know it Really bad luck in that regard, but, you know, overall, if anything, like I said, maybe those guys will, they'll avoid that bridge program still, Mm -hmm. right? So they will have that, you know, so maybe it won't hurt them as much, but, but again, any lost practice time for young freshman guys, uh, you know, is, is, is a loss. right right
1: and you know you mentioned one thing that they will have is they will have college credits under their belt you know they won't necessarily need to uh, you know with the NCAA they have certain credit hours you have to meet by each semester of your or each year of your college career so it takes alleviates some of the pressure I've always thought about that with you know now you're seeing some some athletes are just graduating taking that extra semester and finding ways to graduate within three years but um uh, yeah. I mean, they'll have some credit hours. They they they'll have some workouts in. They'll know the coaches, but it just it won't be. It, it kind of negates the whole point of them doing it. So, um, third thing that stood out to me in regards to where is, you know who who is missing these spring practices the most is is really in the position battles. Because I I actually think I'm a, I think you and I are on the same page with this. I I think Michigan will be fine. I I think. They kind of know what they have at every position and they feel there's no position that they're like, Oh, that's going to be a big red flag. We've got to figure that out. They, they don't have that mentality with any of these position groups. They, they feel pretty comfortable, whether it's the linebackers, um, you know, you have Josh Ross, you have Cameron grown, uh, Mike Barrett, you have, you know, defensive line, pretty much your first four is already set. Uh, you know, defensive backs. It's pretty not set in stone, but it's, there's kind of some penciling in, but in receiver, running back, so I mean, they they have upperclassmen and returning contributors at every single position group. But where I think it gets, where I think it hurts Michigan the most, or where Michigan is missing the most from spring practices, the position battles. You know, the the defensive tackle spot that Chris Hinton was going to fight fight for or the or the Viper position. You know, does Anthony Solomon make a push? Uh, you know, at, at cornerback, is it Vincent Gray or DJ Turner? I obviously both will play, but is there, is there a hierarchy that forms, um, offensive line, you know, Stuber versus Hayes versus, um, well, all of those guys. (laughs) I mean, you know, we, we've penciled in a rough starting five, but then you hear about different players who could easily disrupt that. And so that's, again, I think Michigan, you could argue they're as stable as they've ever been in terms of every position group. They have something. They might not have everybody returning. They might have big holes to fill. But there were some position battles that stood out to me where it was just like, well, you know, there's going to be a fight. They were going to see who they what they had here and there. You could argue that number three receiver spot is pretty open between Jackson, Giles Jackson, Cornelius Johnson, Mike Sainer still. Um, you know, do others enter the mix? So, yeah, to me, again, they probably still have a rough, too deep, a rough starting lineup. But I, I feel for those players who kind of returned home from the bowl games and said, "This, this spring, I'm gonna fight for a starting job, or I'm gonna surprise some people, turn some heads, I'm gonna, you know, become something, or or, or make my move." And then now they don't get that chance, and maybe they got you know, in drills, maybe they impressed Ben Herbert or whatever, but it's, it's just not the same. And, and it's harder for teams. And again, if they expand fall camp, then this might change, but I mean, they, they have 30 days to prepare for Washington of practice. And so that's, that's a little bit tougher. If, if someone's making a push at linebacker, making a push at right guard, you know, how far into fall camp do you say, okay, Sorry, but we got to stick with our starting lineup and and I almost wonder obviously they got to get through the Washington game, but those other those next two games that are, you know, the non-conference tune-up games. I almost wonder if Michigan and other schools are more experimental in those games than they've been in the past just because there there wasn't this spring, you know, 15 practices. You're not going to figure everything out, but you're going to you're going to have a good sense of of where you're at and which players are impressing and which players brought it, which players took the off season seriously. So I'm very curious to to see how does, how does Michigan combat this lack of practice and finding a way to, to make sure that the position battles are, are sorted in the, in the way they want to be, want them to be sorted.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive
1: insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, like, look at a lot of positions. I do think offensive line, it's potentially important, you know, with four new starters having to come in. Regardless of how close those battles may have been to begin with, as far as, like, maybe they'd feel good. You know, maybe there are, like, six or seven guys out of that group they'd feel good about. You know, you still want, you know, it's more about really building – Finding a unit and then building cohesion within that starting unit, right? Because communication, all that stuff is mm-hmm. so important. You know, but it, uh, other spots like receiver, say defensive back, tight end, you know, spots where they have a few guys, I, I don't think it'd make as big of an impact, right? You know, as far as a lot of guys are going to see a lot of playing time anyway. Like a receiver, you look at receivers, you talk about right. Jackson, Bell, Saner Still, uh, Cornelius Johnson was probably going to play a lot more this year. Even talking about freshman guys like Henning and Wilson maybe getting an opportunity. So, you know, I don't think it hurts them as much at some of those positions. But, like I said, you talk about, uh, we go back to quarterback again, right? And I think it's a deal word. Not optimal. Um, and up front on the offensive line. But overall, yeah, I think, they say they've finally gotten to the point where they're not replacing lost starters with guys that they maybe feel like are gonna be rushed into mm-hmm. a spot. That's especially up front on the offensive line. You know, where you got a guy like Filiaga who has been waiting his turn for how long? Stuber has extensive experience. Um, let's say I mean, you know, I know Zach Carpenter's gotten a lot of hype and rightfully so, but you know, even a guy like Andrew right. Vasardis, who's been on campus how long, you know, as a preferred walk on and now a scholarship player, like a guy who's been on who's been within the program for a long time now knows what the deal is. You know, it's not as if they're putting guys feel like they'll be putting guys out there who aren't ready at all. So, you know, I do think the depth that they've built over the last few years at a lot of positions. I think this is one area where, yeah, that could help them. In, as far as they're not being that do or die emphasis on needing to know who's yeah. going to take X, Y, and Z spots by the end of the by the end of the spring heading into summer mm-hmm. workouts.
1: And and I will say, I. I... I get the sense that the offense will be fine. I mean, we've seen we've seen what you know the three main running backs—Charbonnet, Haskins, and Evans—have all done. We've seen what Nico Collins and Ronnie Bell can do. We've seen what Nick Eubanks can do. I mean, these aren't even Haskins and Charbonnet are, but I mean, these aren't even one-year guys. These are guys who were producing for multiple years. And and you know, at quarterback, it's a big question mark. But um, they clearly think someone will win. Otherwise, you know the the transfer market for quarterbacks is really active. Um, They didn't pursue one, and so I actually don't think the offense will be. Well, actually, I don't think either position group, position side of the ball, will be struggling. But one thing, the last thing that stood out to me with these lack of spring practices, and and Steve, you can you can chime in if you disagree, but I felt like when they hired Bob Shoup and Brian Jean Marie, I felt like that they made those decisions because they wanted schematic changes on defense. You know, they could have gone for a younger recruiting type. They could have gone for, um, you know, more or less replacing what Campanelli and Partridge brought to the table, but instead they brought in seasoned, um, you know, more veteran coaches who have been defensive coordinators and, you know, I'm not saying that they can't recruit, but they're probably X's and O's a little bit more experienced than some of the other candidates they were looking at. And so I read that as they want to tweak this defense, whether it means they switched all, hey, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that entails, but I I, th- I read it as they want this defense to have some changes or have some more, um, you know, unpredictability. And and I will remind Listeners, I mean, they play seven of their 12 opponents, they play every single year. And a lot of these teams, they play every two or three years anyways. So there is some value in in trying to make things fresh or mix things up. And so I, to me, that's one area, is if you're trying to install different looks or different packages on defense, certainly can still do it in late July and August. But it really felt like, felt like that's one area where Michigan, I mean, they even, they, it seemed like they made hires for this very purpose and now they won't get to put them together until, until they're preparing for the season in full. Um Maybe, maybe that's not that big of a deal. Maybe, maybe it, it's nothing, but to me that, that stood out to me as the fourth thing that Michigan, you know, when it comes to these spring practices being canceled, uh that was kind of the fourth thing that stood out to me is, uh, yeah, but they would have wished they could have, done this and that with the defense and tried things out and tinkered and um, experimented a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree. Especially I mean I don't maybe we I don't know if we gave the shoe hire enough props per se. I know there was we you know with Partridge being the guy he's replacing, you know, I think we talked a lot about the emphasis on a recruiter. I think uh, Jean-Marie kinda of fills that void. But with Shoop, I mean, you're getting a guy that what, literally two years ago led a top what was specifically top ten, top five defensive unit overall in the country. I mean it was they they were one of the best defensive units in the country uh, two years ago. And their numbers fell off last year because I think they had to replace something like seven starters okay. or so. I mean so you're getting a legitimate defensive mind with him and and so yeah, I fully agree in that you could argue that they, from a coaching standpoint, there's a very good chance that they made an upgrade, right? I mean, I think the chances of that are, are pretty high, especially his whole name has been built on coaching defensive backs, whether coordinator or not. He's he's a defensive backs guy, like Don Brown is a linebackers guy, right? Is this sort of similar type idea there? So, um, so yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. You know, it'd be interested like the different wrinkles, because again you know i suspect you hire a guy with the amount of defensive coordinator experience that shoop has uh, especially shoop not to discount john Marie's uh, coaching ability x's and o's and stuff but with the immense experience that shoop has that bouncing ideas like you said off of with with brown uh, bouncing bouncing ideas off of each other you know much like uh, trying to think i mean I guess sort of similar like I know Gaddis is the coordinator but the same yeah. idea though as far With ed as, warner you know bringing new thing yeah bringing new things to the table yeah exactly like a uh, a uh, concerted effort like to work together on on you know maximizing everything for everybody it's a very generic and general way of saying it but you know he adds a whole different element to the table and i so I assume you know yeah the, the in the meetings in the film room that type of deals are areas where they could be hashing that type of stuff out. So, yeah, it definitely puts a cramp on that. But one thing to think about, remember, in that regard, these guys have also been in the game for 20, 30 longer years. I think they'll probably have a – are probably in the midst of formulating a plan to try to circumvent the time loss that they've had. You know, there's got to be some kind of way – again, this is a unique situation. I mean, this is – I don't know if this has ever happened where a spring – a full NC, like, all these schools are not practicing or won't be able to practice. But – you know, I think that's probably one of the aims is to try to get a plan in place to, you know, try to do what they can to make up for that lost time, you know, in the shortest amount of time possible. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and when you have guys who have the amount of experience that, uh, Michigan, that these guys do, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, you know, you got to feel pretty good that at least the plan will be apt, you know, to what they're going to try to do.
1: Yeah. Anything else stand out to you in terms of, um, where Michigan is missing spring practices the most. And and who knows? Maybe they, maybe the NCAA allows them to start pract- – I don't know if that would be productive. I don't know what the players would think about that. But maybe starting it in like around July 20th and having a few extra days of development. I, I don't know what the plan is there. Um, I don't I, – I would defer to the players and the coaches to decide what they should do. But maybe they end up having these practices. But if –
0: Go ahead. It'll be fascinating, you know. As far as I, you know, I think everybody, players, coaches, fans, are going to be itching, you know, to get things back to normal. But you know, you have to wonder. You you say that this becomes basically an extended fall practices. You know, does that increase the risk for injury for some of these right, guys? Right. You know, right. You know, it's just like there's a whole different set of rules that. Not rules, but like sort of rules like that that are going to have to be managed and considered before they make these types of decisions because you know you add a few extra practices on to, to fall instead of like doing a separate spring side you know it's just uh, it'll be fast it two things one it'll be it'll just be interesting to see how like if this becomes an individual deal where each school like schools get to decide how they want to go about it I suspect there'll be some sort of uniform.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Situation I would, I
0: would think so. across the country. Right. Right. I mean, but, but also, but that being said, even within that though is how each school will choose to approach that the allotted time or how this is going to work. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this will be, this will be interesting.
1: It will, it will. And I, I, again, it's easy for us to sit here and say, we think we know what's right. I, I would let the players and coaches do what they vote, vote on it. Give them information on, what the risk of an extended camp is. You know, maybe I know some athletes do internships over the summer, but could you do like a supposing this this stuff clears uh, the COVID-19 and everything. Could they do something in May or June, you know, like weekend mini camps or something like that. Um, I don't know. Those are all hypotheticals, but um, I guess we'll see. Stay tuned. Right. It's uh, they would have been practicing this week. So um to note that we broke down four four areas where we think michigan is missing spring practice the most quarterbacks early enrollees position battles and then defense for steve lorenz i'm zach shaw this has been the wolverine 24 7 podcast check out all of our stories over at the michiganinsider.com and michigan.247sports.com hope you had fun hope you learned something we'll see you next time